Welcome to the Vital Dawn Podcast for Monday, August 10th. S&P futures are trading up about seven points. That's about 20 basis points. The major European indices opened higher. They've since faded a little bit back to around flat. Um, you are seeing the underlying price action in Europe so far very much mirrors what you saw in the US Friday afternoon. So you're seeing tech get hit pretty hard and you're seeing cyclical groups like banks, basic resources, and energy outperform, which was very consistent um, with that dynamic in the U.S. Friday afternoon. Asia generally traded higher with a few pockets of underperformance, including Hong Kong, which ended in the red, and Japan was closed. So the major macro news over the last 72 hours were the Trump executive orders that he signed Saturday evening. Um you know, not to go through all the details, I wrote a lot about it over the weekend. I have it. I have more commentary in it this morning. Um, you know, these are very much political gestures. I think to create the illusion of action. Um, you know, again, I think the audience for those uh, executive orders was very much the election in November, rather than actually trying to influence underlying economic growth. You know, I think markets did not go into this weekend thinking the deal was particularly critical um, in the very near term. I think. You know, we're coming off a healthy Q2 earnings season. You're coming off a string of strong July economic numbers last week. Um, you're coming, uh, you know, we have, we have a couple of weeks to go before you have a major Fed meeting on September 16th, at which they're expected to unveil this radical shift in forward guidance, a new quantitative easing program, et cetera. So markets did not think that there had to be a fiscal deal Monday morning or else markets would fall, which is why I think you're seeing a relatively calm reaction. I also think too, you know, most people assume that you will probably see the two sides hold negotiations again if, in the coming days um, and that a deal remains more likely than not. So, you know, I think it's interesting to kind of read about logistically some of the things Trump did and, and whether or not it's legal and how easy it is to actually implement them. Um, you know, it's going to be very difficult to actually get this $400 per week federal unemployment benefit, which actually is only 300 plus 100 from the states. You know, for a variety of different reasons, it's really, like I said, more a political gesture than anything else. But um, you know, I don't think, like I said, markets did not go into the weekend thinking that this was um, a a a a must do type of event for Monday morning. Other than that, it's a very slow morning as far as incremental news. You have a couple of headlines out of China, Hong Kong concerning Beijing's new national security law. Um, really not influential for the U.S. You know, you've seen markets um, absorb that information very well. You've seen markets absorb, um, you know, an escalation of tensions between China and the U.S. now for several, several weeks without really having much of an impact. Um, you know, a big part of that is, I think, so long as the phase one agreement is thought to be in place and stable, um, you know, I think markets, like I said, are not really paying much of attention to the other facets of the China-U.S. relationship. Um, and then remember, keep in mind, coming up on the 15th, you are supposed to have a big kind of status check update conference call between the two sides to discuss phase one um, and and in terms of kind of how uh, both sides are progressing. Um, on the eco front, there was not a lot of data. You had Chinese inflation numbers, very um, uneventful, especially as far as the U.S. is concerned. Um, on the COVID front, you know, again, in the U.S., you are continuing to see national numbers descend from the peaks of June and July. It's still relatively elevated as far as transmission numbers and hospitalizations. Um, some of the prior hotspot states like Arizona and Florida have made enormous progress from their peaks. They've come down a lot. Texas is actually creeping back up again. Um, there was some you know, negative data out of Texas as far as transmission figures, et cetera. But again, I think markets... Like they are, are absorbing a lot. They're absorbing, um, you know, they did not really seem to react on the downside to the July spikes. 
Um, and so, you know, I think the market for the most part is relatively comfortable with the status of COVID and still optimistic about, um, you know, therapeutic and vaccine progress with a vaccine widely anticipated to hit by the end of this year, if not before the election in November. There were um, a few interesting articles I have links to in this morning just talking about vaccines, um, you know, just really breaking down, I think, some of the nuances of vaccines. So again, I think the market kind of has it in its head that this is a binary light switch type of event where the entire population will receive a single shot and, um, you know, have lifetime immunity to this virus and it will kind of disappear by Q1 of next year. And, you know, these articles just kind of make clear that the efficacy of a vaccine may only be about 50 to 60 percent, may only provide immunity for six to 12 months. Um, and just talking about how this is really going to become a permanent seasonal occurrence for years and years to come, like a variety of other coronaviruses are at present. And it should grow more, uh, less potent rather over time as more of the population is exposed to it. Um, but again, just, just kind of highlighting how this is going to be an overhang on growth for um, you know, at least the next 18 months. And that, that assumes that a vaccine actually hits the market. Um, but like I said, for the, for the very near term, I think, you know, markets assume that you are going to get a vaccine will be this binary type of event that's certainly helping bolster sentiment along with, again, that big Fed meeting coming up on the 16th, um, you know, provides a, a major, um, tailwind for markets whenever they're encountered with any other type of negative news. Um, that's essentially it for the most part. You know, we're definitely coming off of a very busy period of news into a slower period. This week in particular, there are not a lot of major catalysts on the calendar. Um, you know, you are expected to see a Biden VP announcement that should hit any day. Um, it's widely expected to be Kamala Harris. You know, you're coming up now on the Democratic National Convention. It's just a week away. So that that announcement should come pretty soon. You have seen poll numbers over the last several weeks stabilize and Trump's poll numbers in particular have bounced. Biden's have held relatively steady. Um, you know, and I think you are probably going to see the race tighten so long as the COVID figures continue to descend from their peak. And so long as you see economic data, um, you know, hold in relatively well. Um, otherwise on the calendar for this week, you have a lot of Chinese economic data coming up Friday morning. Um, and then you have a couple more earnings. None of them are really major. You're you're pretty much done with all the calendar Q2 earnings reports. You are now coming up on the July end quarter company. So Cisco kicks that off Wednesday after the close. Um, you know, I think the more interesting ones are going to be some of the big retailers. So Walmart, Target, et cetera, they start next week. Um, you know, Walmart in particular is very sensitive to um, you know, shifts in in consumer stimulus spending. So by the time they report next week, it will be now a couple of weeks that consumers will not have had that six hundred dollar incremental federal unemployment benefit, um, and and they'll probably you know to the extent you are seeing a drop off in consumer spending, and we certainly have seen a plateauing in consumer spending throughout July, even before those that six hundred dollars was cut off. Um, you know, Walmart will provide I think some very good color and perspective on. Um, you know, how consumer spending is evolving in the absence of that federal benefit. For today specifically, there is not really much on the calendar at all. Um, you know, I have a couple of earnings. You have Marriott and Royal Caribbean this morning, and you have Simon Property after the close. Um, you know, we've heard from a variety of their peers already, so I don't think you're really going to see anything shocking out of, out of them. There was an interesting article on uh, in the Wall Street Journal over the weekend just talking about how Simon Property is in negotiations with Amazon to turn some um, deserted 
JCPenney and Sears stores into Amazon distribution centers. Um, but other than that, again, uh, relatively quiet for uh, for this morning and should be relatively slow for this week. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.